What are Rinku Army and New Japan fans? Thank you for tuning in to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and this is the final podcast review episode for New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence. The Square Circle Podcast is still going to be going after this. But for the review of New Japan Resurgence, we are definitely at the end of the match card. And again, I'm going to scream it from the top of my lungs. I'm going to scream it from the top of this podcast. New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence is, was, and will always be pay-per-view of the year show of the year this was an amazing pay-per-view from start to finish new japan pro wrestling with the help of everyone involved knocked it out of the park new japan pro wrestling had an amazing pace to everything that was going on regardless of their microphones not working that's totally okay they had a lot of feel-good moments a lot of surprises coming through and now we're down to the two co-main events of New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence. And it's definitely amazing that they named the pay-per-view Resurgence. They named the event Resurgence because it definitely felt like a resurgence here in America after a hiatus of not coming to the States. And again, show of the year. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me get into... The last two matches. Because you guys know that I love talking about Jay White on this podcast. And you know that I'm going to have so much fun talking about the Never Openweight Championship title match. So this was the first match to ever be announced on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere around the world. And that's all we buzzed about. We buzzed about Jay White versus David Finley. This is their... 15 time meeting in their six year career together. Currently, Jay White holds a total of 14 wins. Finley holds a total of two wins. This match for this main event at New Japan Resurgence was different from any of the other matches that they ever had. Every single match tells a different story. You're not going to get two matches that are the same. You might have the same thought pattern in how they're going to execute the moves and who's going to get the upper hand, who's going to take the advantage or the disadvantage. But when it comes to the bare bones of these matches between Jay White and David Finley, all the stories are different. And this is why I love watching these two men. David Finley has been doing a lot of interviews leading up to this match and also talking about New Japan Resurgence at the time. And one interview stuck out the most because Super Jcast, who's also on Twitter and reviews New Japan Pro Wrestling, found a write-up that someone else did in regards to this interview that David Finley did with the Wrestling Observer and being questioned by Brian Alvarez. So there is a lot of interesting takeaways from this write-up, especially when Finley mentions things in the interview, such as he's moving to Florida he wants to fight Kyle O'Reilly. He wants to train with HBK and he prefers the Western style over the Japanese style. 
and he does not know what his future holds. Now, I'm not saying to take all of this as word or gospel because sometimes people, when they're frustrated and they're doing a lot of things and they don't know what's going to happen next, they say things when being asked in an interview. So do not take this as the be all end all, the holy grail of things. And I personally do not like reporting on stuff like this unless it's necessary to the overall context. And of course, him moving to Florida is none of my business or anyone's business, but he was asked, he politely gave an answer. And I watched a clip of the interview that this write-up is referring to, and I could definitely hear it in David Finley's voice that he is, one, tired, two, probably frustrated, and those two things are probably affecting how he wants to present himself in professional wrestling, how he wants to continue in professional wrestling and altogether moving is probably just stressful. So after hearing those things and leading up to the match with Jay White at Resurgence, you could just feel and see the frustration that David Finley had in that match. And it might be because of this. It might be because of other things, too. And it might also be because fans are still doubting David Finley and going and siding with Jay White. For the sake of fandom and, you know, who I want to cheer for, obviously, it's always going to be Jay White. I'm always going to be on Jay White's side. However, this David Finley is proving to be one hell of a true blue underdog that I can get behind. David Finley is really good at his craft. He's a really good wrestler. He's trained by the best. He's trained by his dad. And everything that he's learned, he's really, really good at it. He's good at telling stories inside of the ring, even outside of the ring. There's still a fire within him. So luckily that hasn't burnt out. And luckily he hasn't decided to walk away for a little bit. If anything, you can tell that David Finley is not a quitter. David Finley rather be fighting tooth and nail rather than leaving when things get uncertain and when things get a little too tough. David Finley was made for this business. We know this. And his battles against Jay White are really top tier five star, seven star matches. They are absolutely the best because they tell the most basic story ever. It's a power struggle between these two. Jay White, obviously, when you look at it on the surface level, Jay White is obviously the star. Then you have David Finley who wants to prove himself and let the fans know that he is as a big deal and as a big star as Jay White. The only difference is that where their careers took them. Unfortunately, David Finley had to stay out with two shoulder injuries and got both of his shoulders Operated on. So obviously he's home recovering while Jay White is out there and having these amazing matches, winning championship titles, and being leader of the Bullet Club. So it's understandable where this frustration comes from when you see David Finley. It's understandable that you want to cheer for the underdog. And when these two face off in a New Japan ring or maybe an indie ring or maybe an impact ring or an AEW ring. I'm starting to feel like, what if David Finley does get the one up on Jay White again? Like in this match in particular at New Japan Resurgence, there was part of me that was okay with David Finley becoming the new never open weight champion. And I'm always on the side of Jay White. 
I'm always going to defend and back up Jay White. But during that match, because the passion and the emotion was there, I was connected to the roller coaster ride that they were presenting me with. And so my heart was half with David Finley and half with Jay White. When the match started, you can definitely see that this match was important to David Finley. Everything that he did from start to finish, it was important for him to knock Jay White down a peg and probably become a new champion. Take that championship away from Jay White. What does Jay White have left? Nothing except for Bullet Club. That's about it. But... Obviously, spoiler alert, that didn't happen. Jay White retained his championship title. The match also had the story of who is a couple more steps ahead than the other. So in the beginning, Finley looked like he had the upper hand. It felt like he had the upper hand until Jay White decides to push him off the ropes and David Finley lands on his hip on the apron and that's where momentum changes. When he's on the outside, he knows that Jay White is dangerous. Everyone should know that if you're fighting a Bullet Club member and you're on the outside, get your ass back into the ring. Bullet Club uses the outside to their advantage like no other wrestler alive. They really use it to their advantage. They really take advantage of the referee count. And they also take advantage of the referee. Bullet Club is slick and Bullet Club knows what they're doing. Jay White is more dangerous on the outside than he is on the inside. But he blends both of them perfectly and smoothly. So I can't really complain. But I will say that if you have faced Jay White in the past... As a Bullet Club leader, and if you ever face any other Bullet Club members, do not wrestle them on the outside. Or I should say, don't fight them on the outside. It's going to be a lose-lose situation for you. Jay White loves sending his opponents back first into the ring apron and sometimes chest first into the steel guardrail. But you know, Finley has that fighting spirit, so it really doesn't matter what happens to him on the outside or even on the inside because he manages to get Jay White to the outside and does a plancha to Jay. From there, Jay White is able to take David Finley and slam him face first, body first, onto the apron. Jay is now in control where he does a DDT and follows it up with a Blade Runner and David Finley kicks out. David Finley has all this heart and determination to not let Jay White get the victory over him. Jay White always does a beautiful urinagi to his opponents. Finley is able to muster up some fighting spirit and gets a combination attack in on Jay White and does a top rope suplex to Jay White. Jay White kicks out of that and Finley is stunned. Finley goes for a lariat. However, Jay White comes in with a complete shot, which is just him grabbing his opponent and falling back and then does the deadlift German suplex to Finley, which looks beautiful. Finley manages to get out some blue thunder bomb moves on Jay White, goes for the cover. Jay White is kicking out of that. And then I found this spot to be the most funniest spot of the match where Jay White throws Finley into the referee. There goes their distraction. In comes Jay White to give Finley a low blow. Now, the announcers don't like it. The fans cheer for it. And I was just like, oh, okay, so this is how it's going to end. It's going to end with this. However, 
as the referee is getting back to realizing what's happening and Jay White is taking his time on the next move, the referee is confronting Jay White about that low blow. Until the referee gets hit again and David Finley does a low blow of his own to Jay White and the fans boo David Finley. That was the most weirdest and funniest spot I've seen. These two guys are going for low blows. They both hit it and the fans turn on David Finley with their boos. That was so weird to hear. Jay White gets cheered. David Finley gets booed because he decided to low blow Jay White in this match. David Finley knows all of Jay White's tricks and moves so david finley is able to predict what jay white is going to do and then just do it right back to him david finley manages to do the last shot on jay white but jay white kicks out of that and david finley sets up jay to do the acid drop which happened to be a similar spot like in the new japan cup where david finley won that match however Jay White counters, smoothly counters David Finley's acid drop into the Blade Runner. And it's one, two, three. No one gets out of the Blade Runner. No one kicks out of it. Not even David Finley. And unfortunately, David Finley did not pick up the victory to become the new Never Openweight Champion. Switchblade Jay White retains that Never Openweight Championship only to have Ishii come out and stare him down as if he wants another shot at that title or maybe just another match with Jay White. But Jay White is not having it. Jay White tells him to fuck off and he's not having this match with him at any time soon or forever for that matter. Honestly, I do not want to see another Ishii versus Jay White. For anyone that's new to the Square Circle podcast, you can go into the back catalog. I do review every single match that happened during New Year's Dash of New Japan Pro Wrestling in Japan. The matches between Jay White and Ishii because Jay White said that all the pieces weren't put into place. That's why he didn't beat Kota Ibushi for the double titles. And Ishii was first in line for that brutal beatdown. And honestly, I love covering New Japan Pro Wrestling and I love covering the matches between Jay White and Ishii because both of them had a undeniable chemistry between them and I loved every single storytelling aspect of it. While Ishii doesn't really need a microphone to be as charismatic as Jay White, like I said in my other podcast episode when I reviewed Ishii versus Moose, when I preview all of these matches, I always say that with Ishii, you have to pay attention to his face. His face and his body language is his weapon when it comes to storytelling. It is the best thing in professional wrestling and not all wrestlers have this ability that Ishii has. While Ishii can absorb all this power, he's able to tell you a story inside and outside the ring by the death stares that he gives people, the way that he moves his body, the way that he looks at people, the way that he attacks people. So everything that he does is through body language and through expressions. He doesn't really need a mic to talk for 20 minutes. All he needs is probably a mic for maybe a minute, two minutes tops. But the rest is his body language and his eyes. And that's what you got to pay attention to. Here in this confrontation between him and Jay White at the end of Jay White's match on New Japan Resurgence was all in the eyes. Like You knew he wanted a match, but you didn't know if he wanted it for the title or if he just wanted Jay White himself. 
And I honestly think that we don't need another JY versus Ishii as much as I would just love to just watch it just because it's a match. I want to see fresh matchups. I want to see Ishii versus new competitors and JY versus new competitors for that belt that JY has. That's all I want. I do not want to see another series of Ishii versus Jay White. Jay White did have some words post-match, and this is what he said. It doesn't matter if it's a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring. It doesn't matter if it's an Impact ring. It doesn't matter if it's an All Elite Wrestling ring. You never know where I'm going to show up to challenge and take your most prized possessions. So, Ring Crew Army, where do you want to see King Switch, Switchblade Jay White show up? In the wrestling world, I would definitely love for him to show up in the AEW ring, even though AEW is stacked right now. They could always make some room for King Switch himself. But we also need to get this Bullet Club and Super Elite storyline going as well. We already saw Jay White in an impact zone, which was pretty cool. All the non-believers that said that Jay White wasn't going to be money here in the States, that Jay White really can't work a TV wrestling show because apparently being a New Japan Pro Wrestling contracted wrestler doesn't equal you American fans over here. But guess what? Jay White knocked it out of the park. He did amazing on Impact Wrestling and everyone that talks shit is not talking anymore. Jay White can always go back to a Ring of Honor ring. That was the start of his excursion before going back to New Japan Pro Wrestling and becoming the Switchblade. I wouldn't mind seeing Jay White in this year's G1 if New Japan Pro Wrestling decides to do a G1 here in the States. It would be amazing, especially with the amount of people that they have. They could probably pull it off. Put in the New Japan Strong Guys. It would be amazing. Hell, Tamatanga wants in on the G1, so why not? Make a US G1 and have the guys that want to participate in there and it'll be good. You have enough guys to do it. Just make sure that every single match for the G1 is done live and I can watch it on New Japan World. I don't have enough money to rack up on for Fight TV. Even though New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence was only $19.99, but still, I'm not rich like that. If you guys want to help me out on the financial side, I do have a Patreon. Patreon has exclusive vlogs whenever I go on the indies and have more exclusive things. So patreon.com forward slash Marie Shadows, just in case if... They do decide to do a G1 live here in the States and they're going to put all the English commentary on Fight TV after October, I guess, because in Japan, they're having the G1 from September to October and Kevin Kelly is doing the commentary over there. So, yeah, you know, however it goes, but still. It's out there for you guys to support the Patreon side and also for New Japan Pro Wrestling to think about having the G1 state side. Other than that, I want to touch back on David Finley. I obviously don't know any of these guys personally. I just know that they're wrestlers and they are phenomenal people and they do an amazing job at making me happy as a fan and making other people happy as a fan and all together we tell this amazing story right as much as I do not cheer for David Finley you do know that I respect all wrestlers and I will support any and all wrestlers even though you see and hear me cheering extremely hard for my favorite wrestlers that doesn't mean that the ones that they go against are any lesser than them 
It's a wrestling match. Two guys know what they're doing and they're telling me a story. And this was the first time that I saw David Finley in a different light. Usually I see Finley with Juice Robinson and they are both a really good tag team. They're really fun. They're really energetic and very enthusiastic. Both of them work well to the T as a tag team. And then when you see them in singles action, they still have that same energy. They still have that same vibe. This time when David Finley went after Jay White for the Never Overweight Championship title, there was a different David Finley coming out. That was a David Finley that I can get behind and really cheer for because I know he wants it as bad as anyone else. You know, who else can say that they fight Jay White 15 times and still come back and try to prove that they are the best, that they are better than their rival and rivals make each other stronger and rivals make each other tell the best stories possible. And this was the story of David Finley being the ultimate underdog. Now, I don't throw that phrase around often. Underdog, ultimate underdog. Like, there are times where wrestlers do that storyline and it just doesn't make sense. And it turns into a pity party. But... The frustration that David Finley has, whether that's from a combination of moving and not knowing what his future holds and having to fight against Jay White and knowing the possibility of losing, it all accumulated there and then and definitely showed a different side. There is this aggression that David Finley wants to get out, but it's not happening anytime soon. David Finley needs to really break out, and I know that he can do it. The moment that he breaks out from whatever is holding him back is a moment that we are going to see a David Finley as IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. When David Finley finally figures out what is holding him back, because he could have took Jay White to the limit and definitely had Jay White on his toes if he would have allowed himself to become the David Finley that he's probably still searching for. And that's why I never really got behind David Finley because it still felt like he was searching for who David Finley is. David Finley was born a fighter. You can tell it's in him. He loves to fight. But how do you tame that wildfire that he has in his heart? What you do is submissions. Make sure your opponent is not going anywhere and you work on the body part. While that may sound so boring and tiresome, that's not everything David Finley can do. He could obviously mix it up and do some high flying stuff, some power moves as well. But in order to try and get into the head of your opponent, what's the best thing to do? Submissions because you have the control of the match. It feels like every time he faces Jay White, that Jay White gives him and teases him with the idea of having David Finley know he's taking advantage and he's taking control of the match until Jay White comes in with a small detail and takes that control away from David Finley. So I would say that it's time to play the same game that Jay White does in his matches. Maybe we'll see a different David Finley. Now, I never like to talk for anybody, especially those that are going through their own 
And I honestly do not like to make speculations about wrestlers and just based on their tone and everything like that. But this was a concerning situation just because you would think that David Finley is happy. But sometimes when you stay in a place for so long, it gets tiresome and it becomes a routine. Now, I totally agree that David Finley, if he should want to, if he needs to, leave New Japan Pro Wrestling and start exploring the Western style of wrestling since that's what he enjoys the most. Japanese wrestling is always going to be there. And if he ever wants to decide to come back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, I bet they'll open their arms and be like, hey, welcome back. But there's also another thing, too, to talk about. As much as I want David Finley to hold that IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title, I don't know when New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to pull the trigger on having David Finley as champion. Whether that's fighting Shingo Takagi for the belt or Will Ospreay for the belt. Now that Will Ospreay is in the States, maybe this can give... David Finley some hope that you know why not challenge Will Ospreay for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title if he says no attack his ass that's all and maybe us fans can rejoice by seeing a heel David Finley I just want David Finley to know that he's loved and there's fans out there including myself that care about him and based on those answers I feel you I get it Wrestling takes a toll on everybody, even fans, even the work that I do. So I totally understand. Now we come to our main event of New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence at the LA Coliseum on August 14, 2021. We had Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Lance Archer, who held, that's right, sorry guys, who held the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title. That IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title has been seeing a lot of action lately. John Moxie finally defends it. Lance Archer takes it from him. Hikaleo steps up to the plate and challenges Lance Archer. And Hikaleo did wonderfully in his debut on AEW Dynamite against Lance Archer for the IWGP United States Championship title. However, Young Gun Bullet Club member Hikaleo came up short, did not manage to take the belt back home. And now here we are. The video package went up on AEW Dynamite to challenge Lance Archer, and it was none other than Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling, who said that he never won the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title. And here we are, resurgence. The match was okay. I really thought it was going to be a squash match just because Lance Archer had much of the upper hand against Tanahashi. And the story that played out was... No matter how much punishment Lance Archer dished out to Tanahashi, Tanahashi was going to kick out. He was going to be that hope in the grim darkness. Show the American fans that New Japan Pro Wrestling fighting spirit that all these competitors have deep inside of them. Finally, Tanahashi manages to turn the tide in this match. He does his patented dragon screw to Lance Archer and takes advantage of Lance Archer being down on the mat. Tanahashi starts to pull out some sentons from the second rope and Lance Archer kicks out of that. Tanahashi comes back full force with combination attacks, a sling blade and 
goes for the cover, but Lance Archer kicks out. And at one point in this match, Lance Archer decides to get a chair, wedge it in between the ropes in the corner. And this is where the momentum of the match really changes. Tanahashi manages to throw Lance Archer into that chair that has been wedged in between the ropes. The referee does not call for anything. And even though it looks like Tanahashi might pick up the victory here, Lance Archer catches Tanahashi in the black hole slam, tries to pin Tanahashi, Tanahashi kicks out, and Tanahashi is back on the offense to Lance Archer to the point where Tanahashi is able to do two high-five flow moves, which is a huge body splash off of the top rope, lands on Lance Archer, and Picks up the victory one, two, three, and we have a new IWGP United States heavyweight champion. And I would like to bring up something interesting. So Tanahashi, before his big match against Lance Archer, did a Q&A, a virtual Q&A that you guys can go see on YouTube on the New Japan YouTube channel. And during that interview, some fans asked him, who would he like to face? And Tanahashi said that he would like to face Shinsuke Nakamura one last time. Well, over on WWE SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura is our new Intercontinental Champion on the SmackDown side. And I thought that was pretty interesting that he wins it right after that interview aired. So I'm guessing people in WWE were watching it and they were paying attention and they gave the belt to Shinsuke Nakamura. Tanahashi now has the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title. And Tanahashi also mentioned that he wants to wrestle some WWE guys. So imagine if the possibility for one night only we get a couple matches or maybe just one match. Because then it has to be over a series of days. We get one match with Tanahashi coming in to WWE just to face Shinsuke Nakamura. Obviously, it will not be for the title, but it will be very nice. The WWE community can definitely see what Tanahashi is all about and see what Shinsuke is all about and have a traditional style New Japan Pro Wrestling match. And the kicker to all of this is that when I was working for WWE back in 2018, during my three months there, I was writing a script, a what if Tanahashi came over to WWE if he did not defeat Kenny Omega in 2018 of that time. So I wrote the script, but WWE didn't take it. And who would have been Tanahashi's first feud coming into WWE? Nakamura. That's right. I booked it, man. I scripted it and I booked it. And it is Tanahashi versus Nakamura, a three month feud from Royal Rumble all the way to WrestleMania. And that is where their feud ends. Short, simple, a nice introduction to who Tanahashi is, to the WWE universe and, you know, what Shinsuke can bring to the table. And if you guys want to read that script because WWE never wanted it, it is up on ravagelands.com. That is R-A-V-A-G-E-L-A-N-D-S dot com. Head over to the website in the drop down menu. Head over to the Ring Crew blog and you can read my scripts there for free. So I'm extremely happy that Tanahashi has the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title because now that opens up a lot more possibilities with storylines. 
he is currently back in Japan and he's going to be facing Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Grand Slam in the Tokyo Dome September 4th. Kota Ibushi has accepted. Kota Ibushi is now healthy. So we are going to get that match. I do not expect Kota Ibushi to win and take the belt off of Tanahashi. That wouldn't make any sense. After Tanahashi is done with defeating Kota Ibushi, Tanahashi is probably going to travel back here to the States and continue with defending the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title in New Japan Strong in AEW in Impact Wrestling. Maybe we'll have him in Ring of Honor. Maybe we'll have him in WWE. Maybe we'll have him elsewhere in the indies. Who knows? The sky's the limit. We have Tanahashi as the champion and I'm going to see where this goes. I'm going to see how this unfolds. Tanahashi is the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling and he proves it time and time again why he is the most reliable wrestler that New Japan can rely on when it comes to big events like this. I do know that the fans at the LA Coliseum got a very awesome treat from Tanahashi and Tanahashi is just super adorable. I would love to hang out with him. I would love to have Tanahashi and everyone else on the New Japan roster on my vlog, the Ring Crew vlog, which you guys can see at the website, RavageLands.com or over on YouTube and support me that way. The Ring Crew vlog is dedicated to my indie journey on the wrestling scene and hopefully one day I get picked up by a wrestling company and sign my name on the dotted line like I once did with WWE but WWE found no more use for me so therefore I'm out on my own I'm a free agent come talk to me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is my assessment of the full entire card of New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence. I just wanted to break it up for you guys to have an easy listen. And if you guys enjoyed every single episode, make sure to tell a friend. This is not easy work, but I love it, love it, love it. And you guys should love it too. If you guys are Spotify listeners or Apple podcast listeners, please leave a review and if you are a fan of Anchor, you can definitely leave me a voice message. Leave me a voice message with your thoughts. I'll definitely listen to them and I'll play it on the podcast and talk about it. If you guys still want to continue the conversation of professional wrestling, do Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, Impact Wrestling, WWE, Ring of Honor, it doesn't matter. Wrestling is my super passion. Head over to Twitter. Make sure you're following me at Marie underscore shadows. And if you want to take it that extra step further, I already said about my Patreon. But listen, guys, I love what I do. I love breaking down professional wrestling. I love talking to these athletes and everything just piles up. While that's not on you, that's on me. But if you want to see me succeed and you want exclusive content, vlogs from the indies, Podcast episodes, video episodes, interview with wrestlers, my workout routine that I want to start soon, my writing, my blogs, anything creative that I have going on, especially this wrestling novel that I'm trying to really finish. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Marie Shadows. Just pick a tier for the content that you want. So patreon.com forward slash Marie Shadows. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence as much as I enjoyed it as well. And if you did, you have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.